You're listening to the Moms Working Overtime podcast, the community of women you've been searching to find for so long. We bring together our mamas in waiting, brand new moms, stay-at-home moms, working moms, and the moms who maybe just have a little bit more experience than the rest of us. We're all here for community, support, and finding ways to show up better for our families each and every day. I'm so grateful that you're here, and I hope you love what you find on today's episode. Welcome back to the Moms Working Overtime podcast. Super excited to have you here today for another interview with an incredible mama. I grab these moms that I swear are super moms, and I just want you to be able to hear their stories to inspire you, educate you, and again, what we're here for, to show up a little bit better for our families each and every day. So today I grabbed someone that is super special to my heart, my girl Brie Gagne, and I'm just so excited to have her here. Brie is someone that I met through the health, fitness, nutrition industry. We share a passion for coaching women pre and postnatal. And what you all are going to learn about me as we go through these interviews and I grab some of my favorite people is that I love supporting other moms, other boss moms, business owners. And Brie actually does something really similar that I do. And she coaches women to be their best selves, whether that is achieving a certain body composition, feeling more confident in their clothes, having better energy to chase their kids around in the backyard, even just healing after a pregnancy and delivery. And so I grabbed my girl. I want to hype her up. We are in this together. We always support each other through this journey. And Brie, I'm just super excited to have you here, but I want you to take a second and just introduce yourself, your family, a little bit about you. I am so excited to be here. Thank you so much for having me on. Um, yeah. So my name's Brie. Um, my son now is, well, he's Brady and he's nine months old. So just had my very first baby, um, which feels like it was yesterday, but also time and time ago. Um, and you know, other than that, me and my husband live in Colorado. I've been in the health and wellness industry now for a while, uh, 15 years, 16 years. Um, we have two mountain dogs, love to hike, love to be outside, love, football games and cooking yummy food and just making this a lifestyle ultimately. Um, so yeah, I really came back from the the bodybuilding industry, I guess, is where I first started out in fitness and health and wellness. And that's really, as I have grown and come to this place, that's where I first started. I always um, go back to kind of how crazy those times were. And I can't even imagine like going back to that right now. But um it's been a wild ride and I've learned so much along the way. And I'm just super excited to be here. It's, it's something we're going to talk about Brie is like Brie before mom and Brie now and how transformative that's been. But what I think is so funny, I always think about our poor husbands, Brie and I don't have an off switch. <laughs> so we have this like torturing um, skill, or I wouldn't even call it a skill. It's probably more of a curse that Brie and I do not know how to slow down. And so we're constantly calling each other out on just stop, be a mom, be present, <laughs> take some things off your plate. So it's our love language is calling each other out and before we burn out, but <laughs> our poor husbands, it does make time go super fast. I feel like our boys are growing up at warp speed, probably just because we don't sit down enough and just be with them. <laughs> Totally. And it's been, it's been a lot. Like I'm so thankful that I had this entire pregnancy and, um, even before pregnancy going 
along through this journey with you because having close friends like that and community, I mean, our husbands are amazing. They're, they're super like on deck, all hands in type of husbands, but it's also so amazing to have those other moms, just like this community, right? Uh, we need those other moms who just get it and just like, Hey, slow down. Have you checked in? Have you, you know, been off your phone while you play with your son? Have you, you know, taken that time to read him a bedtime story and give him a bath and just hold him before bed? Because I need other friends like that just to remind me. I mean, we're in that like, go, go, go industry and just time, like welcome to 2023. Um, I'm just super blessed to have you and this, you know, amazing community of other moms who are just getting it and going through it. I think that's honestly, as I look back, the group text that we had, it was Brie and I, everyone, and then our friend Hannah, us three were pregnant at the same time. This group text was a complete disaster. Okay. Sometimes <laughs> it was tears. Sometimes it was laughter and celebration. Sometimes it was, oh my gosh, I feel this right now. Should I go to the hospital? Like what's going on? But it's the premise of what I built moms working overtime off of is just thinking, man, every mom, and it's not just during pregnancy, every mom during any stage of parenthood from pregnancy, from honestly, from trying to get pregnant because the journey begins then trying to get pregnant to the point of we're going to send these kiddos off to college at some point and they won't need us as much. That can make me cry right now. But moms need other moms. And that's what really what I built it off of. It makes me think of, you know, just the connections I started making through pregnancy, going through it with you, going through it with Hannah. Um, it's just, it's funny to look back. Honestly, you should probably scroll back through those messages. And there's so many hormones, so many hormones there. But so many hormones. <laughs> you all are going to get to know Brie on today's podcast. And she's just such a blessing. So much positive energy. So excited to dive in today. So I always start with the same question with every mom that I interview. And we've already kind of hinted at it. But Brie, who were you before motherhood compared to what you've transformed into now? Yeah, it, it's crazy to even think about like that time. It's like, who is that person? You know, I thought I was busy back then. But like, I had so much free time, right? Um, but like I kind of um, started off with saying, I guess I came from really like the bodybuilding industry. I've been uh, in the health and wellness space uh, for about 16 years. And that was my identity. You know, I've spent hours working out, hours in the gym, um, you know, competition after competition. Um, and now looking back, like I'm blessed for that time period in my life. It, it taught me a lot. It taught me a lot about nutrition. It taught me my passion for nutrition and helping other people, um, you know, after that, and I'll kind of uh, go into this, but, you know, went to college for, for nutrition and health and exercise science and human services and psychology because of those time periods of me wanting to compete and, and learn so much about the body and what I could put it through ultimately. Um, and after, you know, competing, I, found out, you know, it's not the healthiest way to live a balanced lifestyle. Um, but even after that, it became my identity of I switched then to CrossFit and it was CrossFit fit um, competitions after, you know, weekend after weekend after weekend, because it was just who I was and what I did. And, you know, back then, I would just say like, oh, it was for fun. And it, you know, was how I filled my spare time. And, um, you know, on top of that, I had multiple jobs, of course, ones that I wasn't super passionate about, but someone's got to pay the bills and, you know, you've got <laughs> something in your bank account somehow. Um, so at the time it just wasn't, you know, my full-time career and full-time, uh, you know, what I was doing, but it was still my passion and my love. And so I'm really thankful for those times. Um, and it taught me a lot, but 
you know, after that, I decided to go to, to college for nutrition um, and health and exercise science, like I talked about, and I just made it my entire identity. So when I did become a mom, it was like, whoa, it was, it was kind of a whirlwind of like, okay, who am I? What am I doing? Um, there's so much new here because, you know, you, you think, you know, about the body, you think, you know, all the things until, and then suddenly, you know, nothing, then you know, nothing. <laughs> You're like, what is, you know, what do I do about breastfeeding? What do I do about all these things? Like there were so many nights when I, uh, you know, became pregnant that I would just spend up Googling and YouTubing and researching and what is this and what is that? Um, because I, I thought I knew all these things, but I ultimately didn't. So that was my entire identity. And now it's been refreshing and it's been really exciting to create a new one. And now that's my ultimate goal is just to be the best mom that I possibly can be and health and wellness and helping other moms and all of that. It's also, you know, a huge identity of mine, but it's, mom first. And I think that's what all of our purpose is and all of our identity is because it's like, they're our future, they're our legacy. Um, you know, people tell you that you're going to hold this baby and um, your entire world's going to change. And you're kind of like, yeah, 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 whatever. And then all of a sudden it happens. And I just like, I remember that one instant moment that like they handed me him and I was like, okay, this is, this is it. Like there's nothing else in the world that matters. Right. Um, so I guess before pregnancy, that's, that was my entire identity. I, it's so interesting. Cause when I think back to that moment, Brie, I feel like I had this priority list and I had this expected priority list that would, you know, be a certain way after he was here and they handed him to me and it was like, the world said, screw your list. How about this one instead? And everything I thought mattered so much to me suddenly was at the bottom of that list. It just, it rewired everything. I would love to watch a brain scan of a woman when she holds her first baby. Cause I feel like the entire machine would just say, screw it. We're starting fresh. Everything just rewires, but it really is. It, it is the greatest job, the greatest responsibility that we'll have in our entire life just to be in this role and to have this kind of impact on a small human, small humans in the future, um, and just to see what they grow into. So when you consider that Brie researching Google and YouTube, which <laughs> you're type A like me, okay, we like to prepare, but let's be honest, the preparation doesn't matter as much as you would like to think. But Brie's expectations of motherhood coming in, we all have this idea of what kind of mom we're going to be, how we're going to discipline, what we're going to do with screen time and food and play and everything. What were your expectations of the kind of mom you were going to be? And how's that turning out so far? Um, honestly, yeah, it's um, what expectations? Like, I just what you said, like, I had this list and it's like, the world is like, what list? You know, it doesn't even matter. Um, I feel like it really started for me, I guess, actually, even before pregnancy, you know, it took us about a year of trying to have Brady. Um, and I feel like, you know, in high school, you go through these classes and they're like, don't even look because you could get pregnant you know? all the time. Why do they make it sound so easy? It was not easy. So, th well, then, you know, you have these expectations like, okay, we're going to start trying and it's just going to happen. Right. And then that's not the case. And it's like months after month of disappointment, of crying, of tears, of trying, of, you know, all the things. And then you start to think in your head, like, what's wrong with me? Is it me? 
Like, am I doing something wrong? You start to get all the negative self-talk, all the things are going on in your head. Um, and we had almost gotten to the point where we were going to go see like some specialists or things like that to, to get the ball rolling here, because we had been trying, I put that in quotation marks, because if you've ever looked up the definition of actually trying, it's an insane amount. Um, <laughs> but <laughs> It took us a while and it, it was so discouraging. So I, I would say like, you know, the expectations, I was like, okay, when we're ready to go, like it's going to happen and we're just going to get this ball rolling. Well, you know, 11 months later, here we are. And then we finally found out we're pregnant. Um, but then even after that, you know, you have these expectations of, um, personally in my, my life, I was thinking, you know, I'm owning a business, I'm running a business, like I'll have another 10 months to just like work as much as you possibly can. And then some days the world once again tells you otherwise, like, you know what, actually you're going <laughs> to fall asleep on your floor. Your dogs are going to huddle around you to make sure that you're okay. And you're going to wake up three hours later, which did <laughs> in fact happen to me multiple times. Um, so it was, it was a struggle. Like, I don't think it's easy for anybody. Everybody has their different um, pregnancy journey. Um, and the fact that one of the biggest things that I learned was like, just don't have expectations about it. You know, it's going to be perfect the way that it is. And once again, people would always tell me like, you're going to forget about all those days that you felt nauseous and sick and fatigued. And, you know, all those horrible things that you went through because they put Brady in my arms. And I did instantly forget about those things. I would like, I would do it a hundred times over again if I had to. Right. So just like forgetting about all those expectations, but even now going into it, like, you know, I, I did everything that I could with your recommendation of the moms on call book. So I'm not sure if you've mm -hmm. talked about that much, but, um, you know, we love do moms on call. So great. So great. So I owe you for that, but, um, <laughs> we do everything that we can, you know, the schedules and, um, doing our best to reduce screen time. But there's some days once again, like, you know, and I've even cried about it before, like, wow, I feel like a crappy mom, because I had to turn on Miss Rachel, because I'm running around trying to do work things and, and cook dinner and clean the house. And my dogs are freaking out about the backyard, you know, and it's just like, let's turn on Miss Rachel for 30 minutes for my sanity. And mm -hmm. then, you know, I finished the night in tears, because I felt like a crappy mom. Um, so again, coming back to that, like reducing expectations, because I've had the expectations of like, you know what, we're not going to do screen time and, and we're going to have the perfect schedule and he's going to sleep amazingly. And, you know, no, <laughs> those things do not, you know, I've done, I've done a pep talk on this before, because my question to you, cause I I've had those nights where you lay in bed at night and you're like, I messed it all up. I, I didn't meet expectations in any area today. I feel like where do we even get those expectations? That is my question for us. And that is where I say all the time, moms unfollow accounts on Instagram that make you feel less than or develop these unrealistic expectations in your mind. Because if you can't follow it and, and take the information from that post or that account and be like, you know what, that'll help me just get a little bit better. It's not the, the rule that you have to absolutely follow of, you know, no screen time, no sugar, no, you know, anything you could insert any pressure mom topic there. Where do we even get that expectation? So at the end of the day, I always try and ask myself, my, is my expectation to do the best I could with what I had in these 24 hours? And if I met that, then goodness gracious, Elena, go to sleep. That's what I try totally. and tell myself. Totally. And I got to the point where, and maybe this helps some moms out there too, but, um, you know, I had this huge expectation list and I, I threw it out, you know, and I started like 
with ultimately like a powerless for, for being a mom, like what is going to help me feel like I did good today. Like I did, I, I was a successful, good mom. And they were super simple things. Like I played with Brady for 30 minutes undisturbed. So I like put my yes. phone away 30 minutes, you know, like we played blocks, we read books. I read books. He did his own <laughs> thing, you know, but it's like, okay, can I check that off? Did he have three good meals today? Like, yes, he did. Great. Check it off. Like super simple things that if I met those three to five little expectations of myself, what I knew that I myself could do. And I know that every single mom's is going to be different out there. Then it was a good day. Like I can go to bed knowing that we did our absolute best. Was it a crap show? Probably, <laughs> but we made it happen, right. Um, because it's been challenging. Like there's some days I don't even leave my house because I work from home and you know, it's a whole thing to like pack up a nine month old, mm-hmm. go to anything. So it's like, let's focus on just a few small things and work to get a little bit better. And, you know, if those three or five things become easy, add another one in, it's, it's the same expectations of making them your own though. I love that. I love that so much. So did you approach, do you feel like you approached pregnancy a specific way, even, even pregnancy, we can, we can throw postpartum in here, a specific way, knowing what you know, from nutrition, exercise, wellness industry. And I know that you coach, you coached pre and postnatal health, even before you had Brady. So with all that knowledge, do you think you approached it differently? And how did that impact your experience? Yes and no. I mean, obviously knowledge is power. So I did my absolute best to implement some of those things. And again, coming back to those expectations, like, oh, you know, my pregnancy is going to go this, this, and this way. But once it happens, that's not necessarily the case. So I feel like, you know, I had a lot of this knowledge before pregnancy, but you don't truly know until you go through pregnancy, right? So I had a whole new awakening of like, wow, which was super amazing for not only me, but also my clients. Um, You know, I've, I've become a better coach because of it being absolutely, I would say that, yes, it helps. But on certain days, it was like, you know, I couldn't have my 170 grams of protein because literally the (laughs) of protein in my system was revolting. So it was like, yes, I had that intention to do my best, but there were some days that I hit 50 grams of protein. You know, Um, I remember there were like three weeks total that I was literally living off of protein shakes and crackers because I couldn't bear anything else. So yes, I had the knowledge of like, yes, we should have, you know, all these vegetables and all these high fiber foods. And, um, you know, you should be drinking over a hundred ounces of water. So like all those common, like health and wellness things that we all learn, but did it happen? No, not always. You know, what's funny though, Brie, is I remember coaching women before pregnancy and I had a few clients that, you know, worked with me through their pregnancy and they would tell me I'm struggling to get my protein in. I'm feeling so nauseous. And I was like, just do your best. Here's some ideas. Here's things that you can incorporate. And looking back, I, I don't answer that way anymore. Now that I've gone through it myself, my answer is like, sis, calories, survival. (laughs) When you are nauseous first (laughs) trimester, I'm not here to preach protein to you. No, No, it's like anything that your body can (laughs) literally handle, just get it in. Um, Because I was the exact same way. Like, let's try these all recipes. And, um, you know, maybe you could hide some protein like in another or, or something. And now it's just get something. I just imagine those moms back then rolling their eyes so hard at me. 
<laughs> I went back and apologized to a few of them. I was like, Hey, remember when I coached you and you were pregnant, I would hate me. <laughs> I was like, I'm here now and I get it. And so I do think it's, it's such a great perspective for your clients to go through any kind of journey that, that simulates or replicates what they go through. And it gives you so much humility just for anything. I mean, even other conditions and situations that people come to me, I'm like, okay, how can I look at this from a different perspective? Because things like pregnancy humble you to understand that sometimes it's not in your control. Totally. Yeah. I would say that with physical like exercise, um, I am still a little bit more like, let's get some type of movement in because I do feel the benefits of that. Like, even if it was just, you know, a, sh- a short walk, because mm-hmm. there are studies showing that, you know, that can help reduce morning sickness and nausea and things like that. And I truly believe I'm like a firm believer that movement is medicine. So, um, you know, with my moms, I'm like, Hey, if you can even, you know, wake up and get it done first thing in the morning with like a 10 minute walk or, um, you know, any type of, of resistance training, if you're up for it, mm-hmm. like listen to your body, obviously, but I am like the nutrition side of like, do whatever the heck you can get into your body. But here are some specific like movements or exercises that maybe that we could really focus on to actually help some of those things and reduce mm-hmm. some of those, you know, symptoms that you could be going through. So those are some of the things that I do like preach to my clients of like movement is medicine and you're going to feel so much better once you get it done. Um, but again, it's like some days you're like, this is not happening and reducing those expectations. So it's like, we can have all the expectations in the world, but as long as we're doing our absolute best, then I'm a happy camper as a coach and as a mom. <laughs> I mean, it, it sets the tone for the rest of your experience of motherhood. You said so yourself. I actually talked about this recently on a podcast interview that I've done. I used to train in the gym a minimum of 90 minutes. Like I went to the gym and Elena was going to be there an hour and a half. My headphones were in. I was in the zone and it was my time. <laughs> my time isn't my time anymore. <laughs> now I will put him down for nap and say a prayer that I get 30 minutes to do my workout. But it's no different during pregnancy. Don't be disappointed if it is a 10 minute walk. And sometimes first trimester with this pregnancy, it was a 10 minute walk where I used the treadmill bars to like hold my hand in my, or hold my head in my hands because I was so nauseous (laughs) that I couldn't stand up straight. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. But you know, I had to look at that differently that those 10 minutes were a win. It's just like your, your power list for Brady for being like, today was a good day. I was a good mom. I got in movement. That was my objective and I made it happen and I won the war over my mind and I got in a little bit of movement and you know what? It wasn't a 90 minute lifting session, but it was 10 minutes. (laughs) And that's good. You know, like I think that was one of my biggest things from having these workouts and like fitness be my full identity. And then all of a sudden I'm pregnant and things, things are changing fast, mm-hmm. right? Um, schedules and energy levels and sickness and all the things. And so it was hard for me at first, it was really challenging to give myself that grace of and patience of like, this is okay, you're gonna be okay. It's okay to not spend hours and hours in the gym. <laughs> and now I don't even want to spend hours and hours in the gym anymore. Like I'm like, like I said, at the beginning of this, I'm like, I had so much free time. I used to think I was busy, but now we know. And I'm the exact same way. I'm like 30 minutes. Um, That's generally what I do with my team. I do like follow along 30 minutes because mm-hmm. that's really all we need. I used to go like, it's, to- it's so effective. Go. 
Yeah. You'd be on your phone, you know, in between set for 10 minutes and be talking to the the person on the dumbbells next to you. Mm -hmm. Like they weren't actually, you know, 90 minute workouts. Now we're like, right. 30 minutes. let's get in, get out. And they're probably better workouts than I used to have spending 90 minutes there. So it's okay. <laughs> it is. It's just a mindset shift. And it's, it's something I, I work on. I'm sure you do as well. Anytime a woman comes to me, I immediately start breaking those old mindsets, those old beliefs and rebuilding so that they understand, Hey, simple is super effective. And that translates to every aspect of the journey, but it starts postpartum, like week one, week one, what was, before we talk about what you do with your clients, because I love, I love when we compare notes and can help each other with this and bounce ideas off each other. But what was your postpartum journey? Like, can you talk a little bit more about that? Yeah, absolutely. So I had Brady, which I'm super thankful for. Um, I had Brady right before Christmas. So it was kind of like, it's weird because I explain it as like a busy time of the year because you're obviously, you know, parties and, and Christmas and dinners and all the things, but it was also, um, kind of a blessing because I loved it. We, you know, looking outside, it was like snowy. It was cozy. It was all the things. Um, but it did make it a little bit more challenging. I feel like to get out and like get started on my journey because mm -hmm. I'm like, Oh, we're just gonna, you know, cozy on in here because it's wintry outside. And, um, you know, like bundling up a one week old is just not, Mm -hmm. not possible. Right. So, um, but I did try, I, I tried right off the bat. I was super like ready to go, you know, like I, I think I started walking like, you know, two days after I had Brady because I was just like antsy and itchy to like get things moving and, and growing. And, um, you know, within this industry too, I, I really struggled with, which I'm sure many women do and many moms do with, you know, the bounce back or like, you know, well, well, when are you going to get back to your mm -hmm. you know, pre-pregnancy genes and your pre-pregnancy weight and all of these things? So at that time, you know, that was in the back of my head. I knew better. I knew that like, Hey, I'm not trying to get back to my bounce back or my pre-pregnancy genes, because ultimately I hate that term, the bounce back, because I, I hate it near that same person. I'm not even I don't even know who that person is anymore. Um, so I explained to my clients like, Hey, we're not, we're not trying to bounce back. We're trying to just be the best version of ourselves of who we are right now as either a new mom or, um, a mom with multiples or, you know, whatever it is. Um, but I still had that, like that, that thought in the back of my head, like, let's go. Like you put that pressure on yourself. Yeah, totally. And it, it was who I was. So at the, at the same time during this pregnancy, you know, I was still fighting with that like identity crisis of like, that's who I am. Uh, that's what I do. That's what I did every single day, you know, and I was still learning, like, this is the life of a mom, right? So I was eager to just like jump right back into it. But I started small, which I'm super thankful for. I just started with some small walks, and even just some core development and things like that within that like second to third week, I started with, you know, deep breathing exercises and things yes. like that. Connection what? breaths. I, yes. I love connection breaths. So I love them so much. But I also I hate them because they're not exciting. You know, they're not fun. Nope. They're it was, it was a chore for me to knew and knock off, but I knew, like I knew with my education, like how important they are. I, I kept telling myself like, Hey, six months from now, you're going to be so happy that you did these. So it was just one of those things, like, get it done, get it done, get it done, you know? Um, because they're just not exciting. You know, I like to deadlift and squat and do all the things. And, and I kept that in the back of my head, but it was like, 
cool. You're sitting here in tabletop breathing, like, come on. Um, but I'm super thankful that I did them and that I stuck with that routine. And then, you know, with clearance weeks later, then I finally started to incorporate a little bit more weights and, and getting back into the swing of things, I guess, in quotation marks. But that was kind of where I started was just like walks and simple breathing. But I feel like in today's society, a lot of people think like six weeks means like, sitting on the couch for six weeks. And I knew that I needed to move my body. Like I talked about earlier, like movement is medicine. Ultimately getting that blood flow throughout your body is going to help uh, heal and recover a lot better than sitting and watching TV. So um, I'm also just antsy and I don't like to just like sit there. Um, (laughs) Going back to you and I don't know how to sit. (laughs) (laughs) So I'm super, I'm super thankful. and, And that's what I tell my clients too, is like, let's start small and just maybe get some fresh air, you know, like you're in a hotel or a hotel, um, a hospital for, you know, days maybe. Um, and then you, you come home to your house and, you know, some people don't even go out for the first few weeks. And it's like, maybe if we could just go outside and get some fresh air, go for a really slow walk with the family, that's perfect. You know? And that's exactly where I started. Mine was not necessarily outside because it was December, but, um, it was in Colorado, December in Colorado. (laughs) So sometimes it was like, you know, on a treadmill or just even like going around my island in my kitchen was some days. So um, I think it's different for every single mom. It is. But Brie, this is, you know, this is a soapbox topic for me. The whole six week appointment. This is if if you all want to know anyone listening to this podcast today, <laughs> the reason that I coach women and that I am so passionate about pre and postpartum is because I feel like our healthcare system absolutely fails moms going through pregnancy and going through their postpartum period. And when I say postpartum period, I mean a minimum of six months to a year after delivering any child, if not up to two years. This period, we should have routine appointments, at least in my opinion, up to the first year, and we get one. Typically, we get one appointment at six weeks. And let's be honest. <laughs> The husbands love the six-week appointment, okay? They tell us two things at the six-week appointment. They tell us you can go back to exercise and you can go back to, you know, your, your the thing your husband gets excited about <laughs> in case kids are listening with their moms. But <laughs> the the thing about that appointment is I think that we fail moms in exactly what you said. We make them think, don't do anything until that six-week mark. And here's the thing. This is my opinion. Bree, I want you to share your opinion on it too. Every delivery is different. So obviously if your delivery was more traumatic, if you had a larger tear, if you're experiencing more pain after your delivery, depending on how you trained and moved your body before you delivered during your pregnancy, that's all going to impact how you feel when you come home. But ultimately those six weeks don't need to mean, and often shouldn't mean just sit for six weeks and let that fluid sit and let that inflammation just sit and, you know, just be idle instead of moving your body. And just like Bree said, this is, this is what I do whenever I help women postpartum, I'm like short walks, connection breaths, and working into just light mobility, just move those muscles. We're not lifting or straining ourselves. We're not going crazy, but just moving those muscles and working through almost what's more therapeutic exercise than resistance training or cross training or anything crazy like that. It's not what people think. It's the boring stuff. It's, it's the stuff that doesn't give you instant gratification, but 
it's so important for healing your body, circulating that blood, improving your mental health, just immense amount of benefits. And I could talk an entire podcast about how I despise that we just get that one six week checkup because mama, that does not mean do nothing. No. Yeah. And I don't know about you, Elena, but like my six week checkup was literally like, let's do Brady's six week checkup. And Mm -hmm. while you're here, let's just kind of like do yours. Oh yeah. Are you okay too? (laughs) Yeah. Like, okay, great. Love that. You know, and I love Uh, my doctor. I love my doctor. That is just the system. That's the system for us. Totally. So, um, and I felt like in my personal opinion, for me, my three to four weeks, I was like, you know, I'm like ready to go. Like, I feel really good. I feel really healthy. I feel really, you know, that strength's getting back a lot more energy's coming back. So I felt really good around that three to four, but I know some women, it might take, you know, nine weeks. Like we just Mm -hmm. never know. Um, and kind of, like you said, it all leads up to that pre-pregnancy too. Like I resistance trained at least 30 minutes throughout my entire pregnancy. And that's what also drives me nuts is that a lot of women are told, Oh, don't resistance train. Like you are literally going into the most traumatic, difficult thing in your entire life. Most likely, why would you not want to feel strong and confident and capable Mm -hmm. going into something like this, that is ultimately going to challenge your body in so many different ways that you, you can't even expect it. Right. So the fact that we go into this being told, you know, resistance training, uh, could hurt the baby or it could hurt, you know, all of these, these crazy things. Um, you know, if you're doing it under the guidance of anyone, or if you even have a history of, of resistance training in any way, like, you know, that this is so crucial for your body. And in my mind, this is going to be the most difficult thing. Like I've done all the competitions. Like I said, at the beginning of this, I I've thrown my body through the loop. And this was by far the most challenging thing that I have ever done. The hardest competition of your life. (laughs) Why would I couldn't even expect going into that with, you know, no physical, like physical training beforehand, thinking Mm -hmm. that it was going to be just like easy peasy. So I feel like it starts like far before, um, you know, even my doctor, like, she's amazing. Love her. I'm going to go back to her once we, you know, continue our family. But she, she kind of just like brought up like, Oh, do you, do you work out? Like, okay, great. Like, just keep doing that. We'll kind of monitor it. And it's like, okay. You know, she didn't know my background or anything, but no guidance. No, you know, like nothing along those lines. It was kind of like, I would have been scared. I would have been intimidating. So I understand that these women are getting pregnant and one, this is just a crazy journey in general, but like, we have no idea what's going on and we don't really get the, the guidance from it leading up to the most challenging day of our entire lives. <laughs> like absolutely. Cool, <laughs> and and you know what? I would never discourage a woman from listening to her healthcare practitioner. Uh-huh. Honestly, more than anything, do what feels right to you. Your mama intuition, we say this all the time. Your mama intuition yeah. is the strongest yeah. muscle that you have. But I with the second pregnancy, Brie, I went in for an appointment. <clears throat> I couldn't see my primary doctor, so I had to see another practitioner just for this one appointment. And she asked about training and she said, just keep it to 10, 20 pounds or less. <laughs> and I look, I respect that 
they are going off of what they trust, what they've learned. But when I do my own research, legitimate research, mamas, when I do my own research, that's just not the truth. And if you have been resistance training prior, then you absolutely should continue that. There's so many benefits just for through pregnancy when it comes to overall muscular stability and preparation for delivery, recovery afterwards. I remember after my C-section, mind you, laboring for like a hundred days and then eventually ending in a C-section. That's a little dramatic, but <laughs> they, they commented like, we haven't ever had anyone get up and get moving as much as you have after a C-section. Like they kept coming in and t- wanting me to sit down <laughs> again. Can't like, I can't, I'm going crazy. And I attribute that to resistance training. I was still resistance training heavy right up until the end. Now, what I usually tell my mamas is you're not trying to hit PRs. You're not trying to hit PRs or necessarily win CrossFit competitions, right? If if we were to compare it to your, your oh. lifestyle, your training <laughs> style, but do what you've been doing at a comfortable level consistently, and it can make such a big difference. Absolutely. Yeah. And Carter weighs more than 20 pounds at this point, doesn't he? <laughs> yeah, he's 27 pounds. So that's just what's funny. It's like, this is why we're doing this, right? Like we resistance train for just overall, like I'm determined to carry all my groceries in. I'm determined to be able mm-hmm. to pick up my son, regardless of how freaking heavy it, he is at 10, 10 years old, you know, like these are the reasons why we do this. And then to stay at like 10 pounds or 20 pounds. And you're like, man, my <laughs> son weighs more than that. So like every oh, time that I have him in my arms and I have to bend down, like squat down to the floor to pick something up. I'm like, this is why moms need to work out because then I go back up and I'm like, Oh, and moms, that's, that's why you are stronger than what you believe. Like for all of you moms out there who stick to your two and a half pounds or your five and a half pounds, I know you ladies can go heavier because you're <laughs> picking up that car seat and you've got groceries in the other hand and you're doing it all in one trip. Like I know you are. So, um, I, I always like to come back to that with like my clients of like, why are we doing this? Right? Like you're, you're, we're not resistance training because like you can, you know, squat or deadlift. I mean, those are all great, great goals and things, but it's like, it's so when your son or your baby girl becomes 10 years old, you can pick them up and play airplane or, you know, like all of those little things, um, is why resistance training is so important to me and why I, I teach it so much is because it's not actually the resistance training that like, we need it's, it's those memories and being able to do the things that we want to do. Right. A hundred percent. And when you work with a coach like Bree or like myself, what you you all need to know is that when we sit on the other side of the screen and we program your workouts, we program your workouts for, Hey, this is lift of a crib. This is chasing around the soccer field. This is picking up the groceries, but also the seat, but also all the other things. Have you ever seen those reels where it's like moms walking in and they have all the things and (laughs) the dads have to do it one at a time. (laughs) (laughs) It always makes me laugh. But when you work with a coach, we are thinking of those things. You might see a deadlift, you might see a squat, but we see you performing better as a mom. We see you showing up better in your home in every way that we help you get stronger. Totally. Love that. So we could stay on our soapbox forever and talk about this stuff. But of course, everyone who's listening, you know, you can always reach out to me. You can always reach out to Brie. If you ever have questions about training, pregnancy, postpartum, we'll collaborate with you. We'll give you questions that you can ask your doctor, right? We can help you with those conversations. But Brie, let's switch gears a little bit because I know that you 
busy, the term busy, I don't even like that term, but I know that your life is as chaotic and busy as mine is. So what advice would you give to a mom who's trying to juggle all of those things? You know, thinking about your own life, you own a full-time business, you guys own a gym, (laughs) you're a mom, you're taking care of the house, your dogs, I know, keep you more than busy. I can't even imagine how much hair (laughs) every single day, but cooking meals, getting in workouts, how do you juggle all the things? Yeah, there's so much, honestly. Thankfully, you know, me and my husband, we're we're partners in all of this. Yes, he is. He runs our gym primarily full time. So um, he also has really long days there, you know, um, but we just rely a lot on each other. You know, usually when he gets home, it's like, hey, how are you doing? And we we've come to the realization and, and maybe you could have this conversation with your significant other of a lot of the times we are told like you have to be your hundred percent, right? Well, the way that Brandon and I view this is that we are a hundred percent together. So we're each hold that 50%. And sometimes it's like, let's check in on your kind of like battery level. Where are you at? Are you at that 50% or are you at 20% where I'm hoping that Brandon can come in and hold that, right? So together we make mm-hmm. up a hundred percent. And sometimes I just look at him and I'm like, I'm at 5% and, you know, tears are rolling down my face and he's like, okay, I've got this, you know, like I am going to make us some dinner. You're going to eat, you're going to go jump in the shower. And he's like, okay, you know, Mm -hmm. go down the list of, and he knows me. He's like, this is our list. This is what you're going to go do. Because if he gives me too many options or like, well, what do we have to do? We've got to do this. this, this." I'm just like, Whoa, now I'm at like 1% and I'm about to explode. Right. Um, so sometimes I just, I just look at him and I'm like, I'm at 5%. And he's like, okay. So he takes up that other 95%, like, Hey, I've got this, I've got this for us. Right. And then sometimes he comes home and he's like, it's been a freaking day. Like, you know, all the things have happened, um, you know, and I'm at 10% and I'm like, okay, I've got this for us, right? Like, I'm going to make us dinner, I'm going to do the exact same thing. So, you know, kind of having that conversation with your partner of like, where are you at today? Oftentimes, um, what we previously would do is just like, hey, it was a good day. Like, hope you had a good day too. like, let's have some dinner type thing before Brady. But now it's like, another humans relying on us, we can't just like, you know, peace out, tune out, watch Mm -hmm. the rest of the night, like, and just relax. It's like, Hey, we've got to hold each other accountable. And some days he's going to have to take up that, that energy battery life. And then there's some days that I'm going to have to. So, um, I think we came to that realization and having that conversation of like, we kind of do that, like check-in he gets home. I, you know, I'm shutting down the computer and it's like, how was your day? Like, good. I I've got my 50%. Like I'm here, like I'm, I'm engaged and I can do whatever I need to do. Um, and then sometimes it's like, Hey, I'm at 5% and, and things are not going well. So, um, having, you know, a significant other, I'm super thankful for someone who's like, can do that with me and, and, you know, hold up some of that slack and, and help keep me grounded in certain things. Um, because there are so many different things like running a business and cooking and cleaning and, just day-to-day tasks. And sometimes like Brady has a day too, you know, we all have those days where we're cranky and tired and hungry, um, you know, and it's, it's a lot. So what has really helped me is ultimately I'm like a planner girl. So I, I always have my planner here. I do my best to like time schedule and time block and, and things like that, right out grocery mm-hmm. list. So I'm organized. And like you said earlier, like I'm totally a type A type of person, which <laughs> 
beneficial, but also is, is kind of a curse in its own because I like to control Mm -hmm. the things that I can control. And ultimately you you cannot control, you know, a nine month old or, you know, younger. So it's a, it's a cursing and a bless, uh, or yeah, cursing and a blessing, but I guess it's just, again, coming back to, I guess the theme of this, this podcast could be like releasing expectations of, you know, I have certain things that are like my non-negotiables. I'm going to get these done today. It doesn't matter if I'm up till midnight, I'm going to get these like five, five things done. Everything on top of that is bonus. Like, cool. Yes. We, we got a little bit of head start for tomorrow maybe, or maybe next week or something, but at least I got those five things done. Cause even like yesterday, you know, Brady was having a day. I was having a day. And it was one of those days I checked in with Brandon. I was like, I'm at 10%. And I got those five non-negotiables done. And then I was like, I'm done. Like today. That's it. Go to bed. Yep. Yeah. So, and they, they can be small, you know, some, some days it's like a few emails or, you know, a few client check-ins, like things that other people are really relying on me for. I will always make sure I'm prioritizing those types of things. And then some days, some days they're, they're bigger when I feel like I have my full battery life and I'm like ready to take on the world. Right. And I think it's okay to change those expectations and have days where let's get those minimums done and days where it's like, okay, we can, you know, set up for success, prepare for tomorrow, get extra bonus things done. But I'm definitely a, a planner girl. I, write out all my scheduling and try and run by it. But then also I release that expectation if it doesn't go as according to plan. Yeah. (laughs) It's something I talked to. I actually talked to a client right before we got started, Brie, and was telling her how important it can be to just brief yourself for the day before you even get started. And it's the same concept of the planner and the time blocking is take 10 minutes, drink your coffee and look over. Okay. What the heck is on the calendar today. What has to get done? What's the non-negotiables? What are the things that I'd love to get done? But if they don't get done, it's okay. And just check in with yourself before the chaos starts. Because I think as moms, sometimes when we do all the things, we fly by the seat of our pants. And that is such a terrible strategy for your stress and mental health. And if you want to feel strung out and burnt out, that's probably the approach that you could take. But just to brief for the day, look at something like a planner and say, what do I have going on? And then I wanted to add to your first point of checking in on battery life, I think is important, even for a mom, if you don't have the most support at home, you do have friends, family, coworkers, maybe making friends in your hometown. We've talked about this before. Sometimes you have to create your own village. Not everyone has a village naturally, but anyone can create their own village, finding community and support on Facebook, anything. You, it's still important just in general to communicate to someone, Hey, this is my battery life today. Maybe there's something they can do to help. Maybe there's just an encouraging phrase that they can give you or, you know, something they can do to pull you through that hard day to increase your battery life just a little bit. Maybe it's a friend that shows up at your doorstep and they play with your kids or they bring dinner or something, but we have to communicate. I think that's the biggest message that you shared that I know Dylan and I have gotten much better at is to just verbalize. Hey, I don't, I don't really have it right now. (laughs) I just need a second. And that can be your partner. That could be family member, friend. That could be someone that you have connected with on in an online community, but just making sure that you communicate those feelings. Totally. Because I mean, especially for me, but like you said, we all have a million things going on and it seems like once we have a million things going on, it's like the, like they all disappear out of your brain. It's like, I don't even know what to do. So even calling someone or reaching out to moms working overtime or anything along those lines of like, Hey, here's your next step. 
Like, why don't you, why don't you go take a shower? Why don't you make sure when was the last time you ate? Like just having that reminder, like if you don't have anyone physically, you know, someone who could cook you a dinner or, or show up on your doorstep or something like it's just helpful to have someone, Hey, when was the last time you had a meal? Like, okay, yes, I can do this one task in front of me. I can go have something to eat and that's going to help all the things. Right. Um, so reaching out to your community because it is like, I know for me and I know for many of my clients, like the first instinct is to just turn inwards, you know, like we Mm -hmm. don't want to, we don't want to say that like we're struggling. We don't want to say that we're, we're having a hard time. We don't want to say any of those things. Like we are, powerhouse moms we are boss moms everything's we hate admitting defeat. (laughs) yes like no none of those things I feel like we are all we are all going through very very similar things which I think is really reassuring to know that like yes I might feel alone but I know Elena goes through these things too so I can always reach out to her so it's like those nights where I'm like it's quiet in the house it's dark I'm sitting there with like tears rolling down my eyes like I'm not the only mom going through this and I think that's one hard because I never want moms to go through that. Right. But also reassuring, knowing that I'm not crazy. We have a community out there. Why are we not talking about these things? Why are we not going to each other? Because we do need a village and it might not be a significant other. It could just be. And honestly, it's so helpful having other moms like Brandon helped me so much in my, my uh, pregnancy journey and things like that. I would turn to him a lot, but like, I swear going back to our group text, like knowing that other moms were going through these things. And I had other moms to like send goofy memes to or literally cry to who actually got it. Kind of like what I said earlier, like you understand pregnancy, but you don't until you're like going through it, right? Not until you're there. Um, and it, it saved me, like, honestly, going through a pregnancy with you and Hannah, like, I don't know if I could have survived otherwise, right? So turn to your community, turn to your friends, and just other moms like uh, an accountability partner, you know, your neighbor down the street who has kids, because we, we can't go through this stuff alone. There's no way. Not at all. And it it really leads into the next thing that I even wanted to talk about for moms is if you've been in that state of feeling so overwhelmed, burnt out, feeling like you're losing yourself, then getting started doesn't have to be complicated. And if you're going to get started, you want to start coming out of that funk because so many of us moms, I truly think it's just that feeling of I've lost myself. I know there's been times where I sat down with Dylan and I, I just say two with two pregnancies in two years and the breastfeeding journey and all, all the chaos and change that's happened in our lives. I sit down sometimes and I just tell him, I feel like I've lost myself. Like some days I don't know who I am. I don't know where old Elena went. I I just don't even see a glimpse of that. And if you are a mom and you're in one of those moments or difficult chapters of your life, and you're wanting to get started on coming out of the fog, that's one of the biggest things I would say is find the community, find the accountability partner. If it, if it's not hiring a coach, because that's not something you can you know, swing financially right now. That's not something that you're prepared for. Find someone, but I would find some, find some type of community or accountability partner to go through that with. And Brie, I mean, I'm not sure when you get started with a mom who's feeling super overwhelmed like that. I mean, what do you usually tell them? Just, just that, you know, like, well, one it's, it's too, like, I can't help you with the things that I don't know about. Right. Because I think a lot of us moms, we're like go-getters. We're like, get it done. Like I've got this, like my family's relying on me type of type of attitude. So I just need to get it done. And so we just kind of like shut off all those things. And I know I've done that myself, 
but it's like, Hey, I can't help. I can't help you with those things if I don't know what's going on. So just being open and vulnerable and being okay to ask for help. I think that's another thing that is like, Mm -hmm. you know, find that accountability partner. Like they're, they're probably going to the grocery store this week. They got to get groceries for theirs. Like if you're feeling at that 5%, like I guarantee you like that other mom would be like, Hey, like I'm going to the grocery store. I pick up your stuff too. You know, like we would never be able to know if, you know, I, I didn't know those things from my clients. So I would say that's the biggest thing is, is coming back to that open communication of just letting me know how I can best help you and what resources you feel you need, because we come from a society of like, Hey, I got this. I'll handle it. My family's relying on me and I I run the show here and it's okay to ask for help. (laughs) And as moms, we don't like to admit that we dropped a ball somewhere. I think that's a huge reason that moms don't take care of themselves the way they should is they're, they, they feel like in the back of their mind, they can't be perfect at it. They can't dominate it right now. So why even pick the ball up if there's a chance that they might drop that ball. And that's one of the biggest things that, that I'll work with those moms on. I know I touched on this before. The thing that makes the difference in my eyes with a, a mom of succeeding or failing in her own health and fitness journey is that mindset of all or nothing or that mindset of just enough. And all we need to do to make sure that you show up a little bit better every single day, start feeling more yourself, start feeling stronger, more confident, better energy is you need to do the just enough things, those non-negotiables, those simple things. It's not all or nothing. If you, if you didn't do everything that you wanted to do today, that does not mean you failed. And that's the number one thing I work on with clients that makes the difference between them falling off because they just feel like they completely failed. And if they can't do everything, they might as well do nothing and sticking with it. And then three to six months later, they're a completely different person, mentally, physically, spiritually, all of it. It's that black and white mindset spot on of like, you know, if I can't hit 10,000 steps, I'm not hitting any. If, if I can't get all day, (laughs) if I can't get 90 minutes in the gym, like I'm not doing anything. Right. Or like, if I can't hit my 170 grams of protein, like, you know, what is nutrition, right? So it's just like, hey, maybe we could add in a little bit of protein. Maybe we could add in some water. Maybe we could add in just some movement because it's ultimately going to, again, like we don't even have to come back to, it's going to get us to X, Y, Z goals. It's just going to help you feel a little bit better so you can be the best version of yourself so you can help your family more. Because I know that's all our biggest goals is like, hey, I want to be the best mom. I want to show up for my family. You know, they're my biggest priority. I hear all the time from clients, but it's like, how can we expect to be that person for them if we can't even, you know, do some self-care? And I know a lot of us think of self-care as like, bubble bath, nail day, yeah. hair spa, like all the things, but Must it's like, get rid of the kids in order to make it happen. <laughs> right? Like actually self-care is like just, um, drinking enough water and, and getting some vitamins in, right. Just so that you have that, like a little bit of you, right? Like once I started focusing on those things, I did start to feel a little bit more about like me. And, and I totally can relate what you were talking about of like, I feel like I've lost myself, but then coming back to the, the beginning of this podcast, I kind of said, like, I'm not looking to be that old version of myself. Like I'm looking to be this new, improved, better mom version of me. And I think that's freaking badass, right? Like that mom's out there. Like you should be so pumped to be that version of yourself because I always come back to that quote. If you've ever seen that little meme of like some little man's hands, like think I'm, I hung the moon or something like that. I forget exactly what it was, but (laughs) I always come back to like, he thinks I'm 
his freaking world. Like I'm the coolest person. And I'm like, that's all that matters. And in order for me to be that version, I need to do some self-care needs. And like that, that comes back to releasing those like perfect expectations, that black and white mindset of like, you know, maybe I can't hit my 10,000 steps today, but I'm going to hit five. And part of them, I'm going to be carrying Brady because he's having a ten, uh, a tantrum and I can't set him down, but we're going to move in some way. And I think that's okay to like come back and release those expectations and just do the best that you can. Absolutely. Involve them, involve them in the things that take better care of you. And usually they, they like to be involved. They're going to slow you down. It's going to be less productive. Yeah. <laughs> it's going to maybe take a little bit longer, but just involving them, I think is such a simple fix for a lot of the things we think we can't get done because we can't get rid of them long enough to get them done. Just do it with them there. It's it's going to be slower. It's okay. It's okay, mama. So when, when you lay it out for your mamas, because I have, I have these simple tasks. I always tell my moms, here's your order of priority. This is, these are things that matter most. If the things at the bottom don't get done, we're, we're not sweating it. I'm not sweating it as your coach. You shouldn't sweat it yourself. What would you say are three things that a mom should do every single day to take care of herself? Ooh, um, let's see. Definitely my biggest one would probably, oh, that's so hard. I have so many running through my head. You only get three, Brie. <laughs> Take care of you, mama. Um, no, the probably it, to me, it comes back to some type of movement, you know, whether that be 10 minutes or whether that be an hour or whatever you have in your day, um, do some type of movement for you. I coming back to that, like repeating myself, sounding like a broken record, like movement is medicine and you don't have to do it. Agree. Fat loss. You don't have to do it to look a specific way. You don't have to do it for that scale weight, whatever it is, you just, just do it because it's going to release endorphins. It's going to make you feel better. If possible, get outside for it, go for a slight walk in the sunshine, get some vitamin D in there, like some type of movement for you. And again, like you just said, like involve them. If you have your kids all day long, like throw on, um, you know, your, your workout clothes and maybe you're in your living room and you're having a dance party with the kids and, you know, getting your steps by jumping around and wiggling your booty and doing some burpees or pushups in the middle of that, like whatever you can, or some reverse lunges holding them or, you know, something, it doesn't have to look perfect. It doesn't have to involve like all these weights or all these, um, you know, barbells or anything along those lines. Like it can just be goofy and fun and, exciting part of your day and involve them, but get some type of movement. In. So I guess that's one. <laughs> um, let's see. <laughs> two, two. I mean, it would probably come back to nutrition because we definitely know that like nutrition plays a huge role in just how we feel. So, you know, coming back to getting some types of protein in, I know, um, with kids, like it can be challenging to like want to cook chicken breast or, um, turkey or something along those lines. We all have picky kids. Um, even Brady, he's only nine months and I'm already finding out that he's being picky about certain things. I'm like, really? But make Carter it through his whole dinner to the dogs on the floor last night. So, well, I mean, if that doesn't hurt your feelings as a mom, I don't know what does. <laughs> Love that. I do believe, like, I do believe that you do not have to cook all these different meals for your entire family. You know, what I, my clients a lot is like, make your dinners a la carte style, you know, like, for instance, uh, a taco bowl, you know, if someone wants a 
taco shell or a burrito, guess what? They're going to grab the tortilla or the taco shell. You know, there's a big pile of meat there. So you get a good chunk of protein in there, you know, and, and they can put whatever toppings they want on there. If they like rice, if they like beans, if they like cheese, if they like tomatoes, it's all a cart style. So you can kind of just mix and match. And then more likely than not, you're going to have some leftovers. So utilize that the following day, like perfect. Right. And then for your little one, like, you know, if they're, they're just starting, like, guess what? Brady's having the exact same dinner as I am. He's going to get some meat and some, some taco cheese and probably a piece of tortilla, <laughs> you know, like it's, it doesn't be this super complicated where Brandon, you know, he's 220 pounds, like a big, big guy. And he can choose as much as he needs as well. Like I love the casseroles are great because you can throw them in the freezer or whatever. You just cook them. But if you do have a family that's like pickier or, you know, need different food restrictions or, or things like that, kids of all ages, uh, kids with different you know, food preferences, like make it all a cart style, like kids love it too. They get really excited that they get to kind of like plan their own, meal. make like, their own. I yeah. This, I want this. I want this. Right. They get excited about it. And then you mama get a good source of protein and a good healthy dinner as well. That works for you just to, to fill you up and make sure that you are also eating. You know, one of the biggest things that I tell my mom, like my mom's is like, don't necessarily focus on cooking then these specific meal that are only going to work for their requirements. And then you're stuck there eating their leftovers that probably ended up on the floor that you picked back up, you know, or the happy (laughs) and slobbery things like mama, you deserve better than that. You need a full meal. You need to make sure that you are eating a meal to have the energy and, and the, I guess, yeah, just the energy to keep up with them. Right. So plan your meals and make it all a cart style and allow them to kind of like fill in the gaps of what they want on those meals. And then probably you know, the last one, I feel like that one's hard movement, nutrition, and some type of self care, you know, like if that's time for self development, if that's time to just find some 10 minutes to read a favorite book, or, you know, maybe take a quiet shower, or like, you know, anything, it's not like what I said (laughs) earlier, like, you don't need a full spa day, for self-care, but it's like, Hey, work on some self-development, some mindset, listen to a podcast here while you're out on your walk. You can always like habit stack or things like that, but do something mm-hmm. that kind of fills you up that, that is finding Absolutely. you, you know, something that you love. Like maybe it is, you know, watching your favorite TV show or something like that. And maybe you can rely on your community, rely on a partner to help you with those things and just set some boundaries. And it doesn't necessarily maybe need to be every single day, but it could be maybe once or twice a week, you start off with of like, Hey, dad or sister or, you know, grandma or whatever has, has your little ones for an hour, 30 minutes, whatever it looks like. So you can shower, wash your hair, do a face mask in silence. The simple things. It's truly the simple thing. So mama, if you're wanting to get started, all it takes, and I agree with all, I agree with all three things, these things too. A little bit of movement every single day, 10 minutes, set a, set a 10 minute minimum that you get at least 10 minutes of movement, fuel your body. Well, don't cook separate meals for everyone. Don't, I think moms make this nutrition side of things really overcomplicated when they cook separately for themselves. But I completely agree. I do the same thing with my meal plan subscription for moms is we don't cook extra meals. There's, there's swap options always. Like they can always pull out the black beans, the tomatoes, the things that they don't want, but don't cook separate meals. Just feed yourself nutrient dense foods and make time for self-care. Just start with that. If you're listening today, just start with that and reach out and ask for help. If you need help, you can reach out to either of us and we'll be more than willing to help you. So 
Brie, because I know it's nap time. See, this is how us moms operate. We're doing things. Brady, Mr. Brady man's napping. Before I let you go, a couple more questions. What do you do on the hard days? Your 5% battery days, your 10% battery days. What do you do to push through, to get your stuff done, to make yourself a priority? Totally. It's hard. It's hard, mamas. Cry. (laughs) (laughs) Honestly, probably. (laughs) Lana, you know me too well. Turn my. I I mean, I sometimes you gotta cry before the solution, just a little bit. Totally, totally. Um, but I do. I I rely on my support systems a lot. So during uh, pregnancy, a lot. You know, Elena. I knew she was a text message away of being like, "This is not a good day. I'm feeling all these things," and she's like, "I get it. You know, like (laughs) I'm here." So definitely utilizing your community is like, you know, I I check in with Brandon. I tell him, "Hey, it's my five five percent day and I need some help. I need these things done. He's like, okay, I got it. Right. So coming back to that community and just knowing that you don't have to do it alone. And then again, kind of like what I talked about earlier was, Hey, I'm going to push through and have this list of just a few things that I have to get done. Like people are relying on me for these things. Let me just get those things done. Let me just like, you know, dive into those. And it kind of puts like a light at the tunnel, like, Hey, you know, just show up for this amount of time. And I'm very much of like a check mark person, cross it off, cross it off the line. So maybe it's like write down those three to five things that people are relying you on for and you have to show up for those things. And then it's like, it puts that light at the end of the tunnel, at least for me of like, okay, checked another one off, few deep breath, let's move on to the next. And I'm, <laughs> I'm getting closer. Like it feels really cl- uh, good to get closer to those things. And like, hey, then after this, like, I know I can just, lay around on the floor and cry and play with Brady. Like that's going to be the rest of my evening and that's okay. Um, so if you can like narrow those down and, and come back to that list, rely on a community. And then um, I think just building confidence in yourself too. I know that like, as I continue to show up, you do build that confidence. Like I'm a firm believer that we don't build confidence based off of our pant size or the scale number or anything along those lines that a lot of people think, Hey, when I get to this goal or whatever, like my entire world's going to change. Right. That's not necessarily how it is. Like I know that the more that I continue to show up and just mark those things off, the more confident in myself I become. So just relying on, Hey, we've, we've, lived through our hardest day so far. So we're doing pretty good. And I know that I can make it through this as well. I just got to finish these few things and the the rest of the night I can, you know, do what I need to do to play with Brady or bring some type of joy back into uh, my day or something along those lines. So I think just keeping it really simple and just believing in yourself, relying on your community. And then I'm very type A, so a list. (laughs) feels so rewarding. You ever write something on the list just to check it off, even though you already did it? Just- yes, yes. You're like, oh, just for the satisfaction. You know, I did that 10 minutes ago, but I want to check it off. No, I totally get it. And and I think that there's so much truth to that is give yourself the satisfaction of knowing that doing those non-negotiables is enough. I cannot say that enough to moms. You don't have to do and be all of the things in order to be enough. So man. I want to give y'all like five more episodes of Brie. She might be back at some point, but Brie, before you leave today, is there any message that you would like to give to the moms working overtime community? Anything you want to leave them with today, just as a little reminder from Brie? 
Yes. Oh, that's so hard. Please let's let everyone let Elena know that I need to come back because I love this so much. <laughs> um, so just do me a favor, send her a little message on IG and just be like, Hey, more Brie. <laughs> but yeah, so I feel like so many things are running through my head right now. But I would just keep it simple as it's hard. And you're not alone. Like we're all going through these similar things. So coming back to our community, coming back to each other, coming back to other mamas. But I always like to remind myself that the most rewarding things are never easy. Like I saw a quote that said, it's only hard because you're a good parent. And that like really stuck with me of like, you care. And that's why it's hard. And you care a lot. And that's why you're sitting here with tears in your eyes, because you love them so dang much. And that's all they really need. That's literally all they need is just your love and your care and your patience and you showing up for them. So it's like, you know, I look back at, at uh, growing up with my parents and it's like, I'm sure they were going through the ringer, but like, I don't remember that. I remember them showing up no. to my volleyball games. I remember them playing with me in the dirt, you know, at the, the playground. I remember, you know, running into my dad's arms when he got home from work. And I think that's the most important thing. Like, that's what we need to remind ourselves is, yeah, it's stressful. It's hard. But the only reason it is, is because we care so dang much for them. And we love them so dang much. And that's all they need. Honestly, they don't care about the perfect dinners. They don't care about, you know, things being absolutely perfect. They just need you to show up. And I think in order for you to show up, you just have to work to be the greatest version of yourself. And it's just a few small steps every single day. Brie, I'm so glad that we had you on here today. I appreciate you so much. I <laughs> it's always so fun. And <laughs> y'all, I told her when she came on this podcast, first of all, I, I caught her off guard. I was like, Brie, what are you doing on Friday? <laughs> but the thing is, is because we're recording this on a Friday, obviously that doesn't make sense with a Thursday episode launch. But I told her, I was like, we're just gonna hang out. I didn't even give her much preparation. Text, texted her late last night. Like this, this is... This is us moms just trying to get things done. But I wanted you all to be able to hear more perspective from a mom that is not only in it, but also coaches and approaches it from this perspective of, hey, we can help you out of that funk. We can help you out of these feelings. As a mom, we're not meant to feel beat down, burnt out, discouraged the way that so many moms live. And just like Bree said, and I will remind you of this on your pep talks, almost every single week we talk about you don't need to be anything but who you are right now as their mom. You can always show up better for yourself and that's for you. But when you think about for them and when you lay in bed at night and you worry and you tear up and you stress out that you're not enough, you are exactly enough for them. That's what we have to keep remembering is you were designed perfectly for this role. And Brie, I tell my mamas every single time when they leave an MWO podcast is you're doing an absolutely amazing job. I have to say that because I don't know if anyone else has told you yet today. So anytime that you listen to my podcast, I will remind you before I let you go, you're doing an amazing job, mama. Okay. And I promise that we'll talk soon. If you loved this episode of mom's working overtime, do me a favor Share it on social media or send it to another mom to remind her that you love her and that she's doing such an amazing job. There's nothing more incredible that we can do in this community than remind other mamas of their strength. 
I'm so glad you were here today and just know that I appreciate you an overtime amount.